Welcome, we're your hosts Alicia and Whitney on Coming Coming Up Higher, where we're creating space through conversations, special guests, and inspiration for you to come up higher in the things of Christ in everyday life. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Coming Up Higher. It's Alicia here, and I'm excited for this episode. We have special guest David Harabedian, and he shares his testimony, and boy, oh boy, a testimony it is, from dealing drugs and stealing jets or wherever he may have been found. Jesus found him in the middle of it all, and he dives into it. And the powerful ministry that he has today because of it and who he's impacting and, and what he does. It's it's just amazing to behold. And and we've been honored to know David for quite a few years now. And, and he's spoken into our lives and has been an encouragement to us. And we believe he's going to be an encouragement to you that our God can do big, big things. So buckle in and get ready for this episode. But first, let's listen to a sponsored ad for this podcast. So you may have heard us mention the FAM Club in past episodes or on social media. We'd like to let you know more about what it is and how you can be a part. The FAM Club is a monthly subscription partnership that gives you access to our exclusive content, a monthly newsletter, discounted merch, and being the first to know about new music and what's happening with our ministry. Our monthly FAM Club support is what makes this podcast and other aspects of our ministry possible. You can join today by logging on to AliciaAndWhitney.com and by clicking the Fam Club tab. Welcome, Come Up Crew, to another episode of Coming Up Higher. It's Alicia here with my sister Whitney. Hey. We're so glad you guys tuned in, and you are in for a treat. We have some special guests on. If you caught Joanna's episode, get ready for David's episode, David Hervedian and uh, Joanna Hervedian, Ms. America. We're so glad to have them on today. Um, but I, we're just going to give this one to David. We want to hear about his testimony. We spoke earlier about how this couple is just a power couple and they, they both have allowed God to use them so mightily. But David is a recognized as a marketplace minister, reaching out, teaching people in the workplace. In addition to speaking in conferences, seminars, and churches for more than 30 years, he is best known for his unique teaching gift that results in accelerated growth in the lives of those present. Holy spirit signs, and wonders are present wherever he speaks. David is the author of the critically acclaimed redemption story, Jet Ride to Hell, which we'll get into, Journey to Freedom. In addition, he has authored another 12 books available in Sofac and on Kindle and uh, on their website, uh, uh, virtualchurchmedia.com. And and his Hope Deferred book, Freedom from Depression, is available for free, and you can download it on there as well. But we're going to get into all that, the testimony and, and the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'd like to welcome David uh, Hervedian and Joanna to the podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey. Oh, welcome. Thank you. We just love you guys. You, got, you Alicia and Whitney are the best. Oh, I know. They're awesome. <laughs> Dynamic duo. <laughs> we love you guys, Thank too. You. And, you know... Um, David, some of the things that you've spoken over us and and, in our ministry and uh, just some of the wisdom you've imparted, we still talk about today. I Mm -hmm. I probably everywhere we speak, we tell people we're not here to entertain. We want to help you enter in. (laughs) And that's that's a a David. That's a David quote. (laughs) And uh, I don't know if you remember that or not, but that that was something that so defined our hearts and, and just gave 
language to what we wanted our ministry to be Mm -hmm. and, and not to be entertainment, but to help people enter in. And so we wanted to let you know that that's, that's been a big part of our, our lives since then. (laughs) Entering into his presence where all things are possible. Well, that really encourages me that that one little nugget, you know, helped. So we've known each other eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We met at a church conference, I think, mm-hmm. uh, here in Branson. And just it was one of those kingdom connections, like when you meet and it feels like you've known them forever, even though you've known them for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just know, it's so it's cool. Amazing. I was even thinking like as I was driving over here today about just us meeting and even when uh, you were staying, we uh, mentioned Chuck and Debbie Short in the episode that we did with Joanna, and you were staying at their house, and it was you had just met Joanna, and um, and you were just asking for prayer, like if this is God, you know, I want to know, but if it's not, obviously, you know, we need we need to know that soon. So um, I just remember, and then us being like teenagers or early twenties, like knowing the gift that you have and how you pray over people and stuff, and we're like. Oh shoot, we got to pray for him. <laughs> okay, we'll pray. <laughs> but we're like, all right, we'll just do it. And we, you know, we prayed. And then, like, I think it was shortly after you guys had started dating and then eventually got married. Yeah. So I feel like we kind of have a little part. <laughs> we we yes. have. Yeah, we you have, do. You open the heavens on the right. journey. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to encourage people. You know, I remember there was a really powerful minister who, like, raised up 2,600 pastors and had led a couple of million to Christ and had had tent revivals around the world and and uh i remember uh i had a word for him and i was really hesitant to share the word like you know who am i and so he really encouraged me that um it's not how old you are in christ or your position or station or your authority if god is in it like elihu in the book of job was the one that spoke wisdom and he was the youth and he spoke last Mm -hmm. and it's not the age of a person but it's the wisdom of the lord in the person Mm -hmm. that can happen to a one-day-old christian Mm -hmm. and we could be a a hundred-year-old christian and maybe not have that wisdom Mm -hmm. or we could be a a 10-month-old christian and have it so it's whoever the spirit of god is on in that moment just step out in respect and honor and bless that person. Don't be afraid. Yeah, yeah so. that's good. So good. So just get ready, listeners. There'll be a lot of tweetable moments yes. and <laughs> lesson, life lessons you'll want to write down. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, right. So one thing, you know, when we met you, you had shared your testimony. And it's like, it's a crazy wild ride testimony. Um, you know, God, God saved you and met you. There's... And I'm not exaggerating when I say there's cartels involved, there's stealing jets involved. Uh, (laughs) It's like a Hollywood movie. Yes. It is. Soon to come. We are working on a Hollywood movie. Awesome. That was the Holy Spirit. There you go. (laughs) um, Yeah. And I I actually read, you know, your book, uh, Jet Ride to Hell is the title, right? Jet Ride to to Hell, Journey to Freedom, jetridebook.com. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's incredible. So just talk about, you know, your testimony before you knew the Lord and, and, uh, you know, all the circumstances that led to you coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, I was raised in a Christian home and, uh, I was in a denomination where, uh, things were, you know, the gifts of the spirit weren't really celebrated. And so what happened was people literally, uh, just had dry religion and with dry religion, what happens is, 
people that are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, they can't get filled. And so if they can't get filled, they'll go seek it somewhere else. And so I had dreams as a, as a child, they'd be, you know, prophetic dreams. They would come to pass at four or five years old. And I would know when some kid in kindergarten was going to steal my little Bugs Bunny cards or something (laughs) like that and where they were going to hide them. And, you know, you have a little five-year-old klepto in operation. (laughs) And, and so then I would find the location where he'd stolen all the kids stuff and recovered all the stuff. And so those were like the prophetic dreams I had. But what was interesting was when I told the teacher, you know, where I had the dream and where they were at, instead of her going and busting the kid, I got blamed for hiding everything there. So I got accused of that crime. (laughs) And so, you know, five-year-old, and then finally it eventually came forth, but just all those kind of prophetic things. And I had a, a, a ball of light that would come and appear over my bed, an angel when I was young. And, uh, often, you know, angels were in the house when I was a kid and I would go out into the kitchen and get a drink of water or something like that. And there'd be two angels seated on the, on the couch and Hmm. I would wave at them. And I I just thought everybody had that stuff. And I just thought it was the normal life. And so um, I would later find out that that may be uh, not the case for everybody, (laughs) even though it might be the case for everybody, the realm of the spirit's not open to them. Hmm. And so I couldn't get what I needed in, um, a church. So I went to the world to try to get that satisfied or that area of my life filled. Cause we've all got a God shaped hole in our heart that only God can fill. And if we don't put God in there, we'll put all the other things right. of the world in there trying to satisfy that. And I think all the world's problems are really, uh, really at the foundation point, they're all rooted in one thing, mankind trying to fulfill their God-given calling without God. Mm -hmm. And let me give you an illustration. Moses was called to be a deliverer of Israel. He tried to fulfill his God-given calling without God and killed an Egyptian and delivered an Israelite. Then he was banished for 40 years on the backside of the mountain until he came back filled with God partnering with God, with the rod of God's authority in his hand, and he delivered 3 million. Mm. So I think all of mankind's problems are rooted in one thing, mankind trying to fulfill their God-given calling without God. And so I think uh, for illustration purposes, you look at Mother Teresa fulfilled her God-given calling with God Mm -hmm. really apostolically, and she planted a thousand orphanages with her God-given apostolic call and thousands and thousands and thousands of children today have a home and have been raised up and because she helped get them off the streets and save them from what would be a a life of child trafficking prostitution you know that kind of thing and then you take another person which i won't mention the name of but we know them as like the king of porn who planted a thousand pornography studios Mm -hmm. with his apostolic gift and then brought women into bondage. So both of them had a God-given apostolic calling on their life. One created houses that would rescue people from that kind of lifestyle. The other one created houses that would encourage it and bring people into bondage. Mm -hmm. So all of mankind's problems are rooted, in my opinion, in mankind trying to accomplish their God-given calling without him. And you take Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, he meets Jesus. He's out killing Christians Mm -hmm. with his God-given calling. He meets Jesus. He's knocked off his high horse of pride on the road to Damascus. And he comes up after he's blinded by the light. 
three days later. And what happens? He fulfills his calling. And two thirds of the New Testament is written because he had an encounter with Christ. So I pray today that everybody that's on the path with their God-given gifts, calling as an assignment, would have a fresh encounter with the risen Savior and come into alignment for their assignment to release divine purpose from his presence. Mm. And the power would come forth to bring change into the earth. Okay, I got off track. (laughs) Well, I remember you talking about, you know, that entrepreneurial gifting that you had. And even as like when you were in uh, elementary school, like you uh, made your own cinnamon toothpicks and were selling them for, I remember that story and you were selling them (laughs) to all the kids in, you know, elementary school for, I don't know how much for a toothpick, but... (laughs) I think it was, I was, they were three cents a piece or two for five cents. Oh, you know, wow. Back in the day. <laughs> Got to remember gas was 21, nine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get the two for five deal. That's good. That's, That's right. right. But, yeah, we had that marketing call to action. Yeah, yes. exactly. And then, but as you said, you know, you, you had these giftings and they were God given, but you went into the world to find that fulfillment. And, and what did that look like in your life as, as you went looking for that? Well, I think I just want to preface it by saying this. I tried to fulfill my calling the right way, but I didn't have a mentor Mm. that would teach me. And I think it's so important that we either seek out a mentor or we pray that God will bring us a mentor, Mm -hmm. somebody that wants to pour into us, not for what they can get, but for what they can deposit. And then we honor that mentor, you know, in the future. So I went and got a, you know, I was mowing lawns and, you know, cutting grass and landscape and teaching swimming lessons and working at a grocery store and a quick trip. And people in the Midwest will know what a quick trip is like a 7-Eleven and kind of like 7-Eleven on steroids are amazing. But (laughs) so, you know, I worked the night shift. So all my friends in high school are coming in and having fun. It's Friday and Saturday night. I'm working Friday night, Saturday night. And by the time I get off work, everybody's going home. And so I never experienced the the party life or being part of the in-group because I was making money with my entrepreneurial gift. And so I worked, you know, in the summer times, two and three jobs. And I realized two things. If you work all the time, you don't have any time to spend the money. And if you don't work, you got all this time and no money to spend. Yeah. <laughs> and so what is that divine tension, that balance? And so um, somebody had introduced me to, uh, you know, cocaine trafficking when I was in college, I was 19. And I said, cocaine, I don't know anything about you know, and they said, well, all you have to do is find one person who wants to buy it. And, you know, one person who wants to sell it and you broker deals. Mm. And so I found one person who came across my path by, you can say by divine appointment, divine assignment or demonic appointment or demonic assignment. And that's how I got placed into that world. And somebody gave me, uh, you know, $300 worth of cocaine. It was like three and a half grams. And, mm. and uh, so they came to me, they said they wanted two grams of cocaine and they'd already prepackaged it for me in these three and a half grams. And so I brought them two little packets. I was on my break at a grocery store where I was a checker, you know, and I went out on my 15 minute break and got in his, you know, brand new Corvette with the T tops and handed him the two grams. And he handed me two crisp $100 bills and he tasted it, tested it. He said, wow, this is really good. And uh, a day later he says, what do you have left? And I sold him the rest and I made more money in those, you know, five minutes than I did all week at my job, Mm -hmm. working part-time while going to college. And that changed things for me. And I thought, 
you know, I can make more money in five minutes than I did in 20 hours part-time this week at my job. Back then, you know, you made about $3.50 an hour. That was the minimum wage at that time. Back when Methuselah was still teaching school, the Dead Sea was still just terminally ill. And so um, long story short, you know, because I brought the money back, that which I'd received on credit or on the front, they, they gave me more. This person called me and he wanted more. And uh, that grew into a whole network of people. So, you know, three and a half grams, a few hundred dollars worth at that time grew into a quarter ounce and a half ounce and an ounce, then, you know, a couple ounces. The next thing you know, I'm getting quarter pounds. The next thing you know, I'm stealing jet airplanes for the Colombian cartel and being paid in suitcases full of kilograms of cocaine mm. and driving them back. And um, I mean, it was on like Donkey Kong. Mm. So here I was a Midwestern boy from a small town of, you know, 13,125. I come from Christian parents who don't drink, smoke or chew and go with girls who do that whole thing. And so I go from a fairly sheltered lifestyle to, you know, penthouse apartment and staying in nice hotels and driving, you know, sports cars. And uh, I mean, people that owed me money would give me their Porsches, their Mercedes Benz, their Jaguars, you know, you name it. I had several cars that I had at my disposal because it seemed like everybody owed me money for what I had, which was drugs. And um, I was just living that lifestyle. And so one day uh, I was uh, finally arrested with a stolen jet of Mercedes Benz and a bag of cash in Boca Raton, Florida at a private airfield down there. And uh, that day on that Florida morning, um, it was a nice orange juice morning, but it turned into mm -hmm. something that was not an orange juice morning. <laughs> but that day I didn't pass go. I didn't collect yep. $200. I was arrested with that stolen jet Mercedes Benz and a bag of cash. And I was taken to jail. And I spent the next 19 years, six months, a week and a day in federal prison. And God answered my mother's prayers mm -hmm. by sending the hounds of heaven mm -hmm. to apprehend me through the... Uh, long arm of the law, the federal United States customs service, uh, they arrested me that day. And, uh, and I remember a feeling of relief actually came over me. And I'm thinking to myself, how can I feel at peace suddenly? Like I haven't felt in years and here I am arrested. And it was a supernatural peace. And I almost feel like now, now that I've studied the scriptures that the angel that was assigned to my life, the angel that was sent to help protect me through car accidents and things where I should have been shot or murdered, or I just wasn't at the right place at the right time, or I was at the wrong place at the right time. And suddenly I had this unction to leave. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that angel's like, oh, it's finally over. You know, the Bible says we'll judge angels one day. And I think what will happen is we'll judge angels based upon the way they ministered into our life and probably protected us through car accidents and mm -hmm. shootings and all that other crazy stuff, because we'll see the tapes. We'll see the video. They'll, they'll stream it out there. Yeah. We'll be like, Oh, we're giving that one a 10. Yeah. <laughs> that one gets a nine and a half. Oh, I got a little scrape on my arm that never went away. You know, a little, I could have got away with no scrape, you know, 9.5. You know? So I think we'll judge angels. That's just my theology. And, you know, I'm not going to make a doctrine out of it, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, And I also believe that goodness and mercy that follow us all of mm -hmm. the days of our life, I think those might be angels as well. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, I love how like 
in the background of your whole story is your mom probably just like on her knees praying and contending because she knew that she had had trained up a child in the way that he should go. And, you know, the word says he won't depart from it. But sometimes we take field trips. <laughs> and, right, uh, long field trips. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and so I just love, um, you know, for any moms or grandmas out there, even dads or grandpas who are just praying and contending for your children or grandchildren, um, uh, you know, don't stop because uh, God hears those prayers. Yeah. And even though, I mean, it can get as bad as someone, you know, dealing drugs and stealing jets, but God can still come in there. When you were saying it wasn't an orange juice morning, I was like, no, it was an orange soup morning. <laughs> you know, like you were going to jail. Orange soup That's good, yeah. I ended and, up in that orange suit with yeah. the stainless steel buttons, the one piece. Yeah. One size fits all. Yes. And so, you know, keep praying and keep contending because God hears those prayers. Mm. And so, you know, you, you got arrested, you went to prison for, uh, you know, almost 20 years. So tell us what happened. What was the big life change, the shift that happened while you were in prison that now you come out and you're just a minister of the word on fire for God, you know, author. uh, Yeah. Author, like miracles and things are following you as, as you have these services. What happened? What made that change? Well, you know, I, I believe that my mother's prayers and, and her words of wisdom and those nuggets of wisdom would come back to me. And what's interesting is I believe in response to my mother's prayers and intercession, you know, prayers for the prodigal, God hears the mother's prayers, regardless of how bad it's looking. Mm. And so God sent people into my life to minister the gospel to me. And I was a tough nut to crack. I mean, I would not want to be the person that had to minister to me. Mm. And I was very quick-witted, editorial comments. And I think, you know, a lot of Christians were shaken in their faith, even dealing with me. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I, the Lord later, you know, once I got born again, he sent people kind of like me into my life that you know, <laughs> were challenging. So, yeah. but, uh, so what happened was I was in a, in a cell in Leavenworth Penitentiary in 1990 in building 63, which is kind of like the, the shoe unit, SHU, special holiday. Uh, special housing unit or solitary housing unit, but these were eight by 16 cells. And this is where the Birdman of Alcatraz actually had his birds. It wasn't at Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. It was at building 63. So it was cement and metal. And there was probably 200 cockroaches in our cell and they would crawl up the walls mm-hmm. at night and it would fall down uh-huh. and start to crawl up again. And they would crawl across your bed and they, you get so used to them. I remember looking at my co-defendant, Sammy, and I was, he was sleeping in the afternoon and he was sleeping and I saw a cockroach crawling up his arm and came up and he crawled across his face, you know, and it hit his mouth and Sammy was asleep and he's, he <laughs> blew the cockroach off and just kept sleeping. I thought, my God, how far have we fallen? I mean, we went from penthouse apartments and sports cars and, you know, fur coats, you know, with Mr. T starter kits and Rolex <laughs> watches and champagne to not even bothered while we're sleeping by cockroaches, you know, mm. just disgusting. And I thought, my God, how far have I fallen? But God began to break me. And, uh, you know, Noah, you, you have, you have uh, Jonah who doesn't really get on track with God until he ends up in the belly of the big fish. And I was in the the belly of Leavenworth Penitentiary in Building 63, inside the prison, inside the prison, inside the prison, on super lockdown. Hmm. And uh, so God sent this uh, older, sage wisdom, black man with a beard 
into my cell and he had backslidden in, but he still had that anchored root of faith. And he preached to me and he did it in a non-condemning way. And he was very relevant in his speech. He spoke in almost a, a street language, but also a very articulate, you know, uh, business language. And he was a business owner. And what he said made sense. And so I remember when uh, they took him out, they uh, took him out, they took him and his Bible and everything. And I thought, I really liked that guy. And I said, God, I'd like to have one of those Bibles. And I woke up at two in the morning and it's almost like a, an angel had slapped me on the leg and I woke up and I look and in where they put the food in uh, what the, we refer to as a bean hole, you put the beans and rice through, mm -hmm. you know, the bean hole, the food hole. And, Leavenworth. and so I saw there was a Bible sitting, there was a light shining on the Bible, and it was just kind of glowing. Mm. And I went, I got the Bible, and I got really excited, like God had answered my prayer, the prayer of a non-believer. And I believe God answers the prayer of the non-believer when he prays for repentance, or he prays to know more about God. And so I went, and I, I remember I had to wait till the next day when they turned the lights on, and I opened up to, to the Bible, and I started to read it. It was a King James Version, and I was these and the thousand. and I I think I had a mind blinding spirit on me as well. There's definitely some opposition. I was pretty much, you know, full of the devil at that time, you know? So just cause you're seeking God doesn't mean you're, you're instantly freed. Mm. And so I had some opposition. I had to press through and uh, I couldn't understand the Bible. And so I thought, ah, frustrated. And so I sat the Bible down. I said, I can't read this thing. All of a sudden the guard comes to my cell, like 10 minutes later, he says, you have a Bible in there. And I'm like, uh, yeah. He goes, here, give me that. He goes, this was put in the wrong cell. And they went and took it from me. And I'm like, ah, but this was the kind of warfare when I would lean into God, God would bring something to me when I would lean away, it would be taken from me. Mm. So I ended up in a cell with my co-defendant. Um, we'll call him Vic. He's called Vic in the book and the names of the chain uh, names have been changed in the book to protect the guilty. And, uh, <laughs> it's a joke, obviously, yeah. but, uh, probably to protect me from lawsuits because I told the truth in the book. Yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, so, um, Vic and a person by the name of Shane, uh, Shane had five compression fractures and three blown discs in his back. And Shane was a backslidden Christian that really knew the Lord. And, uh, he had repented, but they wouldn't give him his back brace because it had metal strips in it. And we were in the hole or the shoe, the special housing unit on 24 hour lockdown, 24, seven, 365 in that cell. And, and so, Vic said, don't tell him I'm a chiropractor. I used to see hundred patients a week. There's nothing I can do for him. He's got five compression fractures, three blown discs. He says he can hardly get out. He's 28 years old, but he's got the back of an 85 year old man who's in bad shape. And he said, so please don't tell him that. And we get mail at mail call and it would come in for, you know, David, you know, Shane and Dr. Vic, you know, and, and the guards were funny. They'd like put an X through the doctor, like, you know, just vindictively malicious. Yeah. Like yeah. he lost his doctor's license, even though I hadn't been taken from him yet. And, and uh, so one thing leads to another, they're doing Bible studies. And uh, so they bring me in on a couple of Bible studies. It's not like I had a lot going on at the time or I could like avoid it. It's an eight by 16 cell or pretty close to each other. <laughs> right. So I attended some of the Bible studies, learned some things and and uh, I remember Shane used to pray the prayer of faith with R.W. Shambach over 1550 radio AM. It was a miracle, signs and wonders evangelist out of Tyler, Texas. And every day Shane would pray that prayer of faith for the healing of his broken back and nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. And finally, I watched and I listened to R.W. Shambach a couple of times and he kind of caught me as a relevant preacher. 
but I didn't get saved. And so finally, Sal said, Vic said to uh, Shane, he said, Shane, he says, you got the back of an 85 year old man. You're always going to have problems, even with, you know, surgery and, you know, new technology. You're just always going to be in this state. I'm sorry to tell you that. He goes, I don't receive that. He says, Jesus is going to heal me. So I watched Shane pray that prayer of faith. And while he was praying that prayer of faith at the end of that 15 minute broadcast, like I'd seen him do on several occasions, I said, God, if you're real and you can heal and you still heal today, I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking for this one, Shane, who claims to be your servant. I'm asking you to heal him miraculously of his back problem. And right before my eyes and as close as you and Whitney and Alicia are together, that's how far I was from Shane mm. with just enough to do push-ups in between the two beds. That's how close we were. And as he was praying that prayer of faith with his headphones on, reaching out the radio on 1550 to try to get reception in that metal and cement, I saw like a, a clear substance come down over his head like a honey or a gel. And it came down his back and I heard pop, mm. pop, crack, pop, crack. And he turned his back and he pulled his headphones off and he said, Vic, Dave, I'm healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he began to speak in tongues and he began to move around. And Vic said, well, let me see. He goes, no, you're not going to steal my miracle. <laughs> he says, you've already spoken death over me. You know, And he says, no, no, I repented. He said, I've been repenting. He says, I shouldn't have spoken that. He said, but I am a licensed doctor of chiropractic. He says, let me look at your back. If God's done a miracle, I'm here to confirm it, not to refute it. I want to see what God's done and God's miracles can pass the scientific test of confirmation. And Shane got down on his back and all of his compression fractures and blown discs, which Vic had examined before on different occasions, were all back in place. Shane had received a recreative miracle from the Lord. Wow. So he got and he bent down and his mobility came back and he, we got some water bags and a little plunger handle. And we did, you know, makeshift, you know, dumbbells. And then we got up and did dips on the, the shower in Leavenworth and did some push-ups. And, and Shane was completely miraculously healed. Mm. And his pain went from a level eight, nine to a zero. Wow. And we were playing basketball the next day in the little squirrel cages where they let you out for 45 minutes mm -hmm. and cages are a little short. That's why my short shot doesn't have much of an arch. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, that was, that was my first prayer for healing was before I was saved. Mm. And so my first prayer for a healing, God answered with a recreative miracle of five compression fractures and three blown discs in front of a licensed chiropractor. And so, you know, I didn't get saved right away, you know, and I remember I had a hairline fracture in my ankle from not being able to get any vitamin D and proper sunlight and exercise and maybe some low quality food in there. And so I said, you know, God, that was pretty cool what you did for Shane. I said, you know, I, I've got a hairline fracture. I said, you know, I, I really like to have that healed. I'm not saying that I, I need it as a sign because there's something in the Bible that says no sign will be given except that which is given unto Jonah. And I don't want to end up in the belly of a big fish. I'm already in the big belly of Leavenworth Penitentiary, but it would maybe mark my faith a little bit. And so the still small voice spoke to me, which I didn't know what the still small voice was at that time, but I heard the words, have 
Vic, the chiropractor, pop your ankle for this will be your act of faith. Hmm. And I thought, I said, hey, Vic, I said, would you do me a favor? He said, what's that? I said, pop my ankle. He goes, oh, yeah. I go, hey, could you pop my ankle? I'm busy right now. I'm like, how can you be busy? We're in Leavenworth <laughs> Penitentiary. We're looking at life without the possibility of parole. I mean, can you just like put the other things on your calendar for this? <laughs> and so he's like, oh, let me see here. So he grabs my ankle and gets ready to put his other hand on it to put pressure to try to pop it. And it pops in one hand. And he looks down. He goes, well, that's strange. That's never happened before. But I knew God had done something. And remember, my faith was very private at that point. And so I got up and I walked around on it and I didn't feel any pain. Mm. And a couple of days later, I went to a visit and I walked about, you know, a third of a mile and had my visit, came back and I was completely healed. Mm, and it was wow. that night at a Bible study, uh, Shane asked me if I wanted to receive Jesus. And Vic was like, oh, yeah, he's not going to want to receive Jesus. And I said, yeah, I, I'd like to receive Jesus. Wow. wow. And Vic was like, what? You do? Are you serious? Is your joke? Are you joking? And I said, no, I'm, I'm serious. And so I said a, a very, uh, you know, non-tear field prayer. It was non-emotional. It was just, you know, from my, my upbringing, just like the Jewish covenant, you give your word and you keep your word. I was a person of my word. Hmm. And, um, and so that night I got born again and thousand pounds lifted off my shoulder. And then they said, well, you really should read you know, the Bible. And I'm like, okay, where should I start? They said, we'll start in Matthew and the Gospels. So I did. And so an hour later, I'm like, okay, I, I read Matthew. What do I do next? And they're like, well, you read the whole book of Matthew in an hour? I'm like, yeah. I mean, how long are you supposed to take to read it? I don't know. <laughs> and they said, well, you're supposed to study it. And I said, okay. I said, well, ask me any question. And so the way God created my memory is I have the very, you know, unusual memory giftedness that, you know, I didn't do anything for. And so I just told them the whole story of the book of Matthew for like the next 40 minutes, mm -hmm. details, names of people, the miracles that happened chapter by chapter. And they were just looking at me and they're like, so you've read, you read the Bible quite a bit before. I said, no, it's my first time to read Matthew. I mean, I grew up in church, but I never read the Bible. And they're like, how do you have that memory? I'm like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I said, what do I read next? They're like, well, start in Genesis. So I read Genesis and the same type of thing happened. And so that's the way God gave me scripture memory and recall and everything. So, so how, um, how many years had you been in prison when you became a Christian or how long had it been? From the time I was arrested to the time I got born again or gave my life to Christ or Jesus came in, it had been about 16 months. Okay. And uh, then Shane said, well, you know, you really should, uh, you know, consider asking the Lord for the baptism and the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I said, okay, I want everything God has for me. So he explained it, he showed, you know, which of you, when you ask your father for, you know, a fish would give him a stone, or if you ask him for, you know, a loaf of bread to give him a serpent, how, even how much more would your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit when you ask of him? And so I said, okay, I'm going to ask. So Shane laid hands on me and said, receive. And he said, you know, repeat after me, hallelujah, and this and that, and nothing happened as far as a manifestation. And he says, well, you receive by faith. I'm like, okay. So about a week later, Shane said to me, he goes, have you been thanking, you know, God for the baptism and the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues? And I said, well, I keep praying for it. He says, no, no, no. He says, you received when you prayed, begin to thank him mm. for what he already given you. Mm. This is your act of faith. Believe you have received and it will be given to you. So it was a really pivotal moment for me. 
So I laid on my bunk and I'm like, okay. Um, and it sounded really stupid. I said, God, I, 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 I asked, I mean, I, I, I thank you for having already given me <laughs> the gift of speaking in tongues. And it sounded so disingenuous when I said it the first time. And I said it a second time, God, I, I thank you for that. I've already received the gift of tongues. And I, I, I thank you for the manifestation of it. And the third time I said it, something shifted in me. It was like body, soul, and spirit. And something changed on the inside. And we call those things which may not as though they are. And what happened was I fell asleep. And I woke up and my mouth was moving. Like mm. And I felt my, like a little bit of breath come. And I was like, what is this? And I kind of stopped it. And then I, I said, hallelujah. And it started again. And so I couldn't get out much more than that. And um, that night um, we were praying and actually they took Shane out of the cell that day that I'd received a manifestation. They took him out he went to camp and finished his parole violation and continued on. And Vic and I were there and long story short, I was going to court the next day and I said, ah, better pray. So we got out of, bed and I said would you guys pray with me and it was Vic and another guy that was there in the, in the cell at that time and I said I better get down on my knees I got down on my knees on that cold floor in Leavenworth that cement floor and we began to pray and I didn't feel like praying but it was more out of duty like I have a need and that night the presence of God came in to that cell and I got released in five different languages and mm -hmm. Vic had full interpretation wow. of tongues. So I would pray in tongues and what was in Vic's mind in English would come out of my mouth in English and I'd seal it in tongues. And then Vic would get interpretation of tongues. Then Jesus appeared in front of us. Wow. And he stayed for about 15 minutes in this white robe and he went through a color scheme of white to red, like scarlet red, and then back to white. And then to this heavenly blue and then back to white. And he stayed about 15 minutes and, and then he, you know, disappeared, didn't say anything to us, just, just as we were there praying. And then the glory cloud came in the Shekinah glory, the tangible, visible white cloud of his presence came. And I remember seeing this cloud appear on the ground and I, I heard the word test the spirits. So I pointed at that little cloud the size of a man's hand i said do you know jesus when i said jesus it sparked gold and platinum mm. and it began to grow and fill the floor i was on my bunk you know and i remember vic's like you know sitting up like what is that <laughs> and uh, you know we just had tongues interpretation of tongues for two hours <laughs> jesus is there and uh so long story short i stepped out into it like a kid with childlike faith and i started to play in the cloud and it was like an energy, a substance. Mm -hmm. It's tangible and I could feel it. And the thought came to me, drink from the cloud. And I had sinus problems. And I used to take like a pharmaceutical, like Claritin all the time. And I remember reaching down into the cloud and I tried to pull it up to drink from the cloud. And when I would say the word Jesus, it would spark that gold and platinum, like mm -hmm. it would tickle you like a static electricity. And I went to go pull it up and every time it would spring back into itself. And I realized I needed to kneel in the cloud and humble myself. Mm -hmm. So I knelt into that cloud and I 
drank in that presence. It went up into my sinuses and down my throat. And by the third time I did it, I was completely healed of all sinus problems in that wow. cell in Lebanon and a tentry. Hmm. And we just had the most amazing time in the presence of God. So, you know, I was born again in the fires of Pentecost. I'm allergic to the smoke. <laughs> it would be, you know, like nine months later from the time I went into Leavenworth, I'd read the whole Bible and, you know, I've got to give me the scripture memory. And I came out and they put me on a regular compound. I'd been sentenced to 22 years without the possibility of parole. And um, I remember I hit a prison compound and there was the church. So I was excited to be able to go to church. And they taught that God didn't do these things anymore. Mm. And I was already ruined. So they came yeah. too late. Yeah. But, yeah. So the religious spirit didn't get a chance to effectively have its way with Good. me. And so they said, well, you'll calm down. No, you'll calm down. You're just excited as a young Christian. So I've only gotten worse over the last 30 years. <laughs> Haven't calmed down yet. Huh? No, no. no. Yeah. And what I love too, is that, um, once you got out, you started, um, heart of prison ministries and now you help supply Bibles to inmates. And, um, and so the very lifeline that you had while you were in there is, is you're now extending that to those that are in the prison system now. And so that's, that's so awesome because it does, it transforms lives. It really does. And, um, and so I, I really, you guys do so many things in your ministry, but and that's just one facet, one aspect. But um, and we know Joanna's he's sitting here with you now. And, and you know, guys, God brought you guys together in such a powerful way. And um, but what are just some of the just real quick before we wrap up, just some of the, you know, miracles that you've seen since your ministry, since getting out of prison so many years ago. And God has instilled that healing ministry in you and and you and Joanna travel together now and, and just are taking that glory wherever you go. Well, Joanna carries a tremendous gift for music. Mm -hmm. She, you know, gets taken into heaven and she'll come back with a new song, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when we met, I was preaching a miracle service in San Diego and I asked Joanna to come down. We'd met each other like seven months prior, but she came down, I asked her to sing. And when she sang, she broke out in fluent Hebrew and translated into English and wow. began to sing a cappella. And the glory of God came in like a tsunami and people started falling out like cordwood. Mm. And uh, then it was a miracle service. And I said, wow, God has really packed a lot inside her, you know, and she's not <laughs> difficult on the eyes either. Yeah. <laughs> Little did I know that she would then become, you know, Miss America, you know, right. six, seven years later. Yeah. How we met is a whole other story too. Yeah. <laughs> that crazy night that we had our spark. Mm. But I mean, we've seen all kinds of miracles. You know, one woman had duck feet and, she struggled with identity and, you know, yeah. And, and, uh, we had prayed for her and she had gone into the bathroom to, and looked in the mirror and Jesus appeared to her in the mirror and showed her who she was. Cause mm -hmm. that's what we had prayed that God would show her who she was, you know, and, and her duck feet went normal and wow. she came from a history of abuse and stuff like that, you know, and we've, uh, we raised his dad from the dead. That yeah. Yeah. He died at 90 and three months before our wedding. Oh yeah. yeah yeah so I, and i'd had i'd had three dreams too he was gone from the earth suddenly and that without remedy and i knew genesis 41 32 said that the dream is uh in two forms with the same interpretation because this thing is firmly established by god and he will shortly bring it to pass my dad was you know almost 90 years old at the time and i'm thinking i don't even know the scriptural basis on how to pray to intervene and 
And I asked the Lord, I said, you know, he's, he's 90, you know, we'll promise 70 to 80 years. Moses, 120. I said, I don't know. My dad walked, you know, as close to the Lord as Moses or Enoch. I said, but I don't even know what to pray. And the Holy Spirit says, ask me for my mercy. Mm-hmm. So we, I began to pray for my, my heavenly father to give my dad mercy. My mother was still alive at the time. And I said, you know, I'm asking for mercy to take care of her and this and that. And then I had a third dream where that battery in his car and the starter was off anyway. So that morning is when he died in front of us. Mm. And so my mother was giving Joanna jewelry because we were about to be getting married. My mom was big on jewelry. So she was honoring her. And uh, my dad went to lay in the bed and began to shake. And he he died in front of us. Life force gone. And because we'd prayed, we had. And that that. was scary, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He's talking all calm. And we were calm when it happened. But it was really freaky. Yeah. And uh, so David said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come back, dad. And then all of a sudden his eyes came back and the color, all the gray left and his face went, came back to normal. Wow. And then I told David, I said, well, I, I think we need to call the ambulance, you know? And I said, let's go ahead and call. I, I sense the same thing because we're not really big on doctors or, you know, emergency rooms. We try to contend for the, the healing and we see a lot of them, but, you know, we honor the white coats. And mm-hmm. so uh, I stepped outside and I called and I said, yeah, is this happened? And I opened the door, you know, so they could come in with the Well, gray. while that was happening he he left a second time so he died a second so he time. died a second time in front of my mom yeah. right and so this was all witnessed and and i'm thinking to myself oh you are not dying three months before my wedding <laughs> i am gonna you're gonna come back i said tom in the name of jesus i command you to come back in this body and i command you to be healed in the name of jesus <laughs> That's awesome. his, now he had lost his faculties by the way oh, so wow. I mean, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah his eyes went out the life force went out he lost his faculties you know so and so so he got up out of the bed and i come back in i'm like where's my dad? Well, he, he went to the bathroom. Oh yeah. He got up after I break for He got up so, and he went to the bathroom. So he's standing in the bathroom and the paramedics, I don't know how they got there so fast, but they're like coming in and I'm like, dad, what are you doing? He goes, I'm trying to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, you kind of already did. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he dies a third time. Wow. And it was like, he was an empty box standing there. My dad was very athletic. He still ended up diving, you know, 10 meter tower till he was 92, three meter springboard wow. till 93. And so my dad was, you know, really well shaped person, but that day it was as if an angel was holding him in place while he died, standing on his feet Mm. in front of the paramedics and the life forces out eyes open all. And I said, dad, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come back now. And said, Oh, what's going on? What's going on? Mm. And I said, the paramedics are, they took him out into the uh, ambulance and they couldn't find anything wrong with him. I said, no, the Holy spirit told us to call the ambulance. You guys are here. Please take him to the hospital. I took him to the hospital. Couldn't find anything wrong with him. They say he's in great shape. I said, put him on a sleep study. Something's not right. They put him on a sleep study. They found a heart problem. Mm. They said, we need to put in a pacemaker. Wow. And uh, my dad calls me. He says, they want to put in a pacemaker. Can I just get one of those miracles? I said, God works through <laughs> doctors. So they put in a pacemaker. And I told the doctor, I said, can you put in an extra six inches so you can stretch out and still die a 10 meter tower? He goes, he could die diving 10 meter tower. I said, don't take that from him. Yeah. He'll die if he doesn't have something to do where there's no vision. People cast off restraint. Yeah. He says, don't tell him. But he put it in. And three months later, my dad was diving 10 meter tower winning gold medals again. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and the month after he got the pacemaker, I took him in for the checkup and they did the pacemaker checkup. And she pointed to the illustration of the heart on the wall. She said, Mr. Harabedian, she says, your heart was 
damaged on the top and the bottom. And she pointed to it. She says the top is called the starter and the bottom is called the battery. Wow. And he looked at me because he remembered the dream I told him where his car had a problem with the starter and the wow. battery. Wow. So when we get those <laughs> dreams, it's important that we obey whatever the Lord shows or mm -hmm. seek him for interpretation. So yeah. I've got a book on dreams and visions on our website that could be helpful. Mm -hmm. And then we've also got uh, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, which is the, the, the keynote book. And we just donated a bunch of these to the prisons and I'm going on the Kindle tablets in the prisons. And yes. Yeah. So awesome. That's awesome. And I know we had talked before uh, the show of how you didn't even like to read at one point and God was telling you, you're going to write these books that were going to be distributed to prisons and mm -hmm. things like that. But, um, you know, as you finally submitted to that and like, all right, God, like, you know, if that's, what's going to happen, do it. He's just honored that. And now you've off authored several books and they're being, um, offered to, uh, prisoners, I think you said around a hundred thousand prisoners. And so, um, it's just incredible. Let the listeners know where they can, um, you know, get your books and, and your teachings and, uh, where maybe they can stay up to date on your guys's like traveling schedule and things yeah, like that. And then I want you to pray for our listeners, those that are believing for healing, uh, needing okay. healing. And also even just for those mothers that are praying for those prodigals and just, you know, wherever, mm -hmm. wherever the spirit leads. Okay. So uh, my book, jetridebook.com, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can get it on our website, uh, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, or go to jetridebook.com. Our ministry site for Bibles to Prisoners, where we provide Bibles, uh, bonded leather Bibles in about a thousand prisons, is heartprisonministries.org. Heart as in physical heart, God's heart, heartprisonministries.org. And then also our ministry is virtualchurchmedia.com, virtualchurchmedia.com. I'm sure you guys will put it in the, in yeah. the link there. But yeah. if you want to provide a Bible for a prisoner, you can do that through Heart of America Prison Ministries, heartprisonministries.org. But uh, let's go ahead and pray. Yes. Because we want God to move. So I, I thank you uh, as Joanna and I pray, and I'm going to pray. And Joanna, would uh, you just uh, go ahead and sing an atmosphere in? Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord. So, Father, we just thank you now that we rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Under the shadow of your wings, Psalm 91. You will rest in the shadow of the Lord. God Almighty, you will rest in the glory of the Lord God, your King. Thank you. Thank you. Fathers, we enter into your presence. We can come boldly before the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and grace in the time of need. So we now ask that you would answer the prayers of the mothers and the fathers, in behalf of their wayward children, those that are on the wrong path, that have been derailed by the enemy through trauma, through woundedness, through frustration, offense, bitterness, and that you would encounter them on their personal road to Damascus experience, that you might get them re-railed back on the railroad tracks with God. You would get them off their jet ride to hell and apprehend them through the cross of Calvary and put them on their journey to freedom in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for releasing 
your angels now in their behalf. And we declare and decree salvation cometh forth. I also bind and break off the mind-blinding spirit that have blinded the minds that of those who have been perishing. And we release the spirit of truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ. We command the veil to come off. We release the salve of the Holy Spirit upon their eyes that they may see. We declare dreams and visions to begin to invade their life. We release the angelic ministry of goodness and mercy and the angelic ministry of faith that would come to enable them to believe. We thank you for sending in the laborers into the harvest field for the laborers to come forth now as they came forth into my life by divine appointments. And I thank you for those youngsters who accepted Christ and went wayward that your word declares in Philippians 1, 6, that you're able to complete the work of salvation that you began when they first called upon your name. We call forth the completion of salvation in them. We call them into the fires of Pentecost for all that stuff to burn off. I cancel all drug addiction. I cancel all meth and fetamine addiction. I break your power yes. off of them right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Joanna? Mm -hmm. Father, we also pray for people who are struggling with suicide and depression and we break that spirit off of them in the name of Jesus. We release your angels, Lord God, to grab a hold of them, Lord. And we pray for your love to fill them now, Lord. We command every lie to be broken in the name of Jesus. And we just release your holy refreshing and your light and that you show them the truth of who they are in you, Lord. And we break it off and we cancel this assignment to terminate their life. And we say, no, you will fulfill the destiny that God has for you in Jesus' name. Now I want to pray for physical healing for those that have back problems like Shane had in that prison cell. I thank you, Father God. You never allow a person to be positioned to hear a testimony unless you're trying to position them for a similar type of miracle or raising faith for them to be a conduit to somebody else. So you just lay your hand on your body if you're listening or you're watching, and God's going to use that as a point of contact. And you can also stand proxy for someone else to receive their healing in that body. So we're going to you got a back or a joint or a muscle or a ligament or a shoulder or any of those areas that deal with bones, just go ahead and put your hand on that area. And I'm seeing the Lord heal shoulders right now. In Jesus' name, I command a recreative miracle in the shoulder, in the back. I command metal, surgical metal to bend into place. Titanium, I command you to bend into place. I command uh, metal in the feet, surgical metal to melt and to disappear mm -hmm. and new bones to appear by the recreative miracle working power of the living God. We call forth the creator who creates, he spoke the word and he created into that body right now. I command trauma to be broken. I command vision to become sharp and clear in the eyes. Mm -hmm. I command dental miracles. Many of you have been uh, unable to attend the dentist. Uh, both for COVID issues and now for financial issues. Mm -hmm. If you can receive Jesus as Savior, perceive him as Savior, you can receive him as Savior, you can perceive him as healer, you can receive him as healer. If you can perceive him as dentist, you can receive him as dentist. So just say, I receive you as my dentist right now. I perceive you, and now I receive you as my, there goes. Now the Lord's doing dental miracles for many of you out there who have said yes. You've said yes, I want you as my dentist 
you're just going to feel like a, a numbness come over some of your, there it goes right now in Jesus mighty name. You may have never seen this kind of thing, but you've never seen the things that are about to come upon the earth, the God of mighty signs and wonders, yes. because we have a need at this hour. And he's the God who always is the master chess player. He always has an answer before there's a need. He's already got a provision for the problem. He's got a solution yes. for the situation. Joanne. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. So we declare now your solution, Lord, over every issue, every need. Your solution, the solutions from heaven in Jesus' name. I also just saw a, an ear problem just pop open. Just like pop. You're like, it just popped. It just popped. The Lord Jesus heals you. The Lord Jesus heals you. And for those of you who want that miracle, just stick your finger in that bad ear or take out those hearing aids. We command the anvil, the stirrup, and the hammer right now in Jesus' name to be regenerated under the sound of our voice. I bind and break the spirit of deafness and distortion. I command the eardrum to be repaired and restored. I command the hairs and the cochlea fluid to regenerate. I command the nerves to be healed right now, and I command trauma to be completely broken off, and I release you, and I command every spirit of infirmity to depart from your life. I also declare and decree freedom in the area of mind, no longer torments. I break off torments and night torments, and we release the spirit of shalom peace from the Lord Jesus Christ, that dreams and visions would now be poured out upon you as you rest and slumber in your bed that the Lord would open your ears, seal your instructions, that he would give you guidance and clarity, and he would wake you up with songs in the morning, and it would be prophetic in nature that that song that he wakes you up with would now put you on the right path and prepare you for the day. Put pen and paper by your bed or iPad or whatever you write on. Prepare to receive the engrafted word, which is able to strengthen, restore, redeem, and impart to your soul to give you the empowerment and the grace, the gracelet that you'll wear to fulfill your God-given assignment in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen. amen. So powerful. Feel the Holy Spirit over here, yeah, over the airwaves. And I know people were impacted. If you were impacted and, and you received a healing, please email us and, and let us know. We want to hear about it. But um, wow, just blown away by uh, David and Joanna Arabedian and your guys' ministry and want to thank you so, so much for, for coming on the podcast. And, uh, we look forward to watching all that God does and continues to do through your ministry. Well, well thank we you love for you having guys, us. Yeah. You guys are awesome. So great being on your shows. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you. Listeners. We got to make a trip to Missouri. Yes, yes you do. You do. <laughs> we have a few invitations down there. We might have to sneak down That'd to Branson. Be great. Yeah. yeah. We'll definitely connect yes. for sure. We love you guys and miss you so much. <laughs> we love you too. But thank you okay. so much listeners for joining us on another episode of coming up higher. Don't forget to like rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends, especially this episode. Uh, you know, we, we believe in the power of healing and that God heals today. And so his prayer and testimony may be something that, um, unlocks healing for someone or, um, you know, encourages someone to to keep praying and pressing through. And so, uh, definitely share this with as many people as you can, and we will catch you next week. Thanks.